Can we agree to peacefully disagree? That's what I'm working on this week, and I've got some tips that we can try right here, right now on Polly Campbell Simply Said. Hello, 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 and welcome to Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And dang, it doesn't feel like people are being happy (laughs) lately. I've been reading the news and seeing different articles where members of the school board are being shouted down by the audience, where politicians are shouting down the audience, where students are yelling at teachers and parents are yelling at kids on the baseball field. And it's just so much yelling. I get that we have strong views and different opinions. We have access to so much information and forums that we can all chime in. Different social media platforms that we can all chime in. We can all share our opinion. The question is, though, should we? No. I don't think so. And this is a conversation that my daughter and I were having this last week because it goes on right here in this household. We hold different beliefs and different ideas based on our life experience, our expertise, our personal beliefs and views. And it's likely that we're going to disagree. We are not shaped the same way. We're going to have different ideas about things. But it's how we disagree that I'm concerned about. Because when we are shouting each other down, when we are leading into the world with rudeness, we aren't getting to the root of the big problems. We aren't making positive changes in the world. We aren't making a difference. And we aren't even changing the things we dislike, right? It happened right here in the household. My daughter had a different opinion than I did about one of her school activities, about how to handle a situation at school. And it became heated. She did something that I didn't understand at all, didn't make any sense. I had a different opinion, which I shared. And to her, that didn't make any sense. And it really started to go off the rails because we had different views. The thing that we needed to do to come back to is remember that first of all, yelling and shouting and stomping isn't going to make things better. It meant that neither one of us were heard. And number two is neither one of us were wrong right? We just had different ideas about things. When she slowed down and could listen to me, when I slowed down and stopped interrupting her, then we understood each other in a powerful way that really built a situation that was connective and important in our relationship rather than one that would harm us. But we have to learn to scale it back and tone it down, to listen more than we talk. And It's easier to do in the household when we live together and I love her and she loves me. But what about when the school board is banning books and you're against banning books, which I am? What about when the politician you don't like is elected to office and others are protesting uh, around you? What about when people, strangers on social media are saying things that you disagree with? How do we handle it then? When we don't care, when we don't care for the person at the other end, those situations can be volatile, can be harmful, and you're not going to get your views heard anyhow. So what are we doing here? We have to be more polite. There's a way to disagree that won't 
hurt anyone else, including yourself. Listen, when I lash out and I act inappropriately about somebody who has a different opinion than I do, I don't feel good about myself. That's not how I want to go through the world. And I certainly am not going to change any minds. I am not going to change my teenage daughter's mind, probably ever, but not going to change it by acting all yelly and naggy, right? I'm going to change it through conversation, through creating experiences for her to have so she can make her own decisions. And hopefully she'll rely on that information I shared. It's hard for me to believe that we can end racism and discrimination and assaults against women and women's rights if we cannot even have a conversation without yelling at each other. Online, in person, it's not a way to change the world. So I wanted to explore how we can disagree, how we can be heard and be polite doing it so we don't do more harm. Now listen, if you've listened to this podcast at all, or you know me at all, you know I'm a passionate person. I get fired up. I get excited. I get heated. I get worried. I get angry. I'm just trying to be more deliberate in how I handle those moments of disagreement or difference of opinion so I can lead with compassion. And that helps me to listen better, to find a place of calm, peaceful feelings so I don't carry it with me all throughout the day and let it eat me up and so that I can grow as a person. And when we're in that state, not only do we learn more about ourselves and the world around us, but we also develop a true connection with others that ultimately can change the world for the better. Last week, I was one of the yellers in my house. My daughter has strong ideas about the world, smart, passionate ideas, just like me, right? But how we talk to each other matters more than what we're saying to each other. And so I started exploring different ways to talk to her, to learn about my world without getting so freaked out. I want to have good conversations with the people I come in contact with, even if we disagree. And this is important if we're going to get anything done, right? It's like this is happening more and more in our world where conversations are becoming volatile, especially in the places where we need to come together and talk. Community meetings, town halls, college campuses, right? One side on the right wing side of, of the college students will invite one speaker and the left wing side will protest that speaker. You don't have to like it, but when we can come together and dialogue, we're going to learn more and prevent some real problems that are occurring in our society today. So how can we do that? I've got some specific ideas that I'm thinking about this week from the Constructive Dialogue Institute, and I think they'll help you too. We're going to go through them all right here on Polly Campbell Simply Said when we come back on the Best Business Network of Electricast. Okay, how can we politely agree to disagree and then set about changing the world, right? You know, when somebody's ticked at something you've done or, or they're questioning one of your choices, it puts you on the defensive. And then if you're anything like me, that's a hard place to learn from. It, it makes me all stressed out. And then I worry about their experience and then I get mad. And then it's, it's not a growth place. It's not a place where I can listen to their different point of view or even share mine. So I want to learn how to do that better. And it's okay to have difference of opinion. I think it makes the world go round. It certainly has uh, taught me over the years and I've changed my mind many times. So 
I went to the Constructive Dialogue Institute and some other sites online to research this idea. And here are some thoughts about how we can learn to dialogue differently, more politely, more considerately, so we can both be heard and maybe change some minds along the way. Well, one thing I use with my daughter, and I remember this in my marriage too, is let go of winning right? It's not about winning and losing. If you head into it that way, then you're automatically going to lose because the entire conversation will be adversarial. And that makes it like a war. And we aren't sitting around talking to each other during war. We're not exchanging ideas and jokes. We're not connecting with each other. We're pushing each other around. So if you head into the conversation with one side being right and one side being wrong, almost always it's us being on the right side, then we automatically set up a conversation that isn't going to succeed. We are not going to change minds. We are not going to have common ground. We are not going to connect. So what if we just show up with a curiosity? This is my approach with my daughter because I I am shocked about some of the ideas that she has about things. And they're also fascinating. And when I slow down a minute... And when I stop being the mom and just give her space to express herself, often I find we're still on the same page. We just talk about it differently, right? So don't head into those conversations with one side being better than the next. Go in with a curiosity to explore both sides, to listen, and to see what common ground you have. And then share your story. With our daughter, I often share about a past experience I had when I got it wrong, when I did the very same thing she's doing and I blew it or it came back and bit me or when I was successful. By sharing pieces of my childhood experience, by sharing things with my family that maybe they didn't know now that I've lived as an adult away from them for so long, by sharing things with my friends or other writers, I find we can move closer to this connection, to this sense of commonality. And then it's easier to talk about everything, right? Research from uh, psychologists and political science researchers have shown that people rarely change their minds about deeply held beliefs when they have a certain set of facts, but they are more likely to listen and change their minds when they can see how the experience applies to them. Think about that. We relate to stories. We have powerful personal experiences when we hear the stories of another and share our own. Stories open up that kind of understanding and help us see things from different perspective. So instead of telling people the facts or that you're right and they're wrong, share your story and why you feel the way you feel. And then leave space for them to share their insights. And you might need to ask questions, right? This is something I tell my husband all the time. He's a great guy. He's so kind. But he often makes assumptions and jumps right in and can't necessarily provide the support I need at the time or the discussion that I'm looking for. So I always suggest ask questions to understand. If you're not getting it, my perspective, that's fine. I'm not always the clearest person on the planet, but ask questions to understand my views, why I'm thinking that, what in my background has led to that. You know, we have to be careful in the questions we pose because I have a tendency (laughs) when he does something crazy to say, what the heck are you thinking? It puts him right on the defensive, right? But when I say, huh, I'm wondering what's going on between us here that made you think that or, or what, what 
brought that to your mind. Be a little gentler and really move in with that curiosity. Now, this is tricky for me to do, especially when I'm feeling fired up about something. So I'm working really hard to be intentional, to take a pause, take a deep breath and slow down and ask the question before I make my own assumptions. That's helped a lot in my uh, relationships around here. And I have to remind myself to do it, right? I, I will uh, be really good for a few days and then I'll just jump right in again. I need to slow my roll and ask those questions. Often too, disagreements turn heated because we associate big emotions to the thing we're sharing. When somebody doesn't like my opinion, it's easy to take that personally and go deeper and feel insecure and think, oh, they're hating on me because they don't agree with this or how stupid do they think I am or some other thing that generates big emotion in me. And that can cause us you holler something at the referee or shout out the school board or protest uh, an individual belief or issue because we come at it from that emotional place. When we sit in that emotion and acknowledge what we're feeling and understand it and feel it before we choose our behavior, before we say anything, it can diffuse the volatility of that emotion a little quicker. We talk about this a lot in conflict management, right? And in feeling better, like just take a beat, label the emotion you're having, label the feeling you're having. The emotion is sparked in our physiology, in our brain. And then it generates a feeling, anger, love, uh, frustration, sadness, whatever it is. When we pause long enough to acknowledge that feeling, often that gives us the distance we need to come at it from a little further perspective, a little different view so that we don't get so heated. That opens up our ability to lead with compassion and seek common ground and connection. And when we can get there, when we can find little things, small things that we agree on or that we care about, um, then we start at a place where we can have a true discussion We may still disagree, but it doesn't have to become angry and personal and violent. We can still be heard. And when we can talk to each other, we can solve just about any problem or at least support each other in the process. I think that's important. You know, we all have different views on uh, homelessness, on war, on the economy, on politicians. Some are big, some are little. Which team are you going to root for? I mean, I am going to root for the Ducks every time. And if you tell me something different, oh man, you're wrong. But I'm not going to come at it from that angle, right? So practice on the smaller issues in your life. I really disagreed with a decision my daughter made yesterday, but I had to look at this from another perspective. Number one, I could see absolutely why it was important to her. Number two, I understood that there was no danger to her, right? As a mother, I feel like my job is to teach and protect her. There was no danger to her. It was simply a difference of opinion. And I started to pop off and get frustrated and try to convince her of my position. That was the wrong way to do it. And that wasn't fair to her. That is absolutely not the connection I want to have with her. I want us to have a connection where we can continue talking about the ups and downs and the challenges in our relationship and in life so that we can support each other through them. And that's really the energy I want to be in the world. I have strong views on the political system, the way people should treat each other and how we can work together to do that. Are they the right views? I don't know. 
based on the information I have now, they feel like the right thing to me, but I've changed my mind all the time. So I would say that too. And this is a hard thing to do. But if we are stretching and reaching for the common ground among each other, if we are living with compassion, then we can open up to some new ideas. And that might just change our minds so that we can move closer together instead of shouting out at each other at the meetings and the moments we come together to change the world. It's not about screaming and yelling online or in person. It's not about disparaging others. I don't think anything is gained, and it certainly hasn't been in my life. I don't think anything is gained when we come at an individual personally with hostility and anger and frustration. That is not the place that we can work from. But if we come recognizing their humanity and they can recognize ours and we can share our ideas and our stories, we might just have a chance of changing the world for the better. I think that's more important now than ever before. Slow your roll, take a deep breath, listen, learn, share your stories, trust your capability to take in many different ideas and still hold the ones that are true to you and understand that others have the right to do the same too. We can share our opinions and we can share our differences. We can do it politely and build the connection that will leave us all, that we need to do anything that matters in our relationships, in our families, in our jobs, in our schools, in our communities. I think we can do it. I think we can do it. It starts with us and I'm practicing <laughs> right now, right here in my own home and in my own community. Maybe you'll give it a try too, because when we slow down, listen to each other and share our stories of how we have arrived at our own beliefs and opinions, when we connect respectfully and politely, we will all live well, do good and be happy. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with ElectroCast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of ElectroCast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join ElectroCast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to ElectroCast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are and live in a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric cast. Electric cast.